Hello and welcome to Sorry We Tried. As always, I am not your host, but I am the one who talks first. My name is Spencer Gilliland, and uh, I, I bring sad news. Uh, Robbie is once again locked away, and <laughs> and he's uh he's he's actually imprisoned deep within the boiling rock and the fire nation this time. Uh, as soon as we're as soon as this is done, everything gonna, was great. Yeah. And then the fire nation attack. As soon as this is done, we're gonna go float in on a hot air balloon and break him out. But we had to get this episode done Good because, references. as always. Uh, content with a capital K comes first, <laughs> but Robbie is not with us content. today. Uh, coming, coming to you live straight from right next to me on the couch. Uh, special guest, uh, case and Seipel. Uh, I may be a guest, but I'm not special. <laughs> You're a very special case. And the doctor told me. <laughs> and as always, uh, I had a name picked out and everything. I always forget these on the spot. Always. You got order of down, the Green man. Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The Green Giant, Harrison Brock. <laughs> What's up, guys? Uh, how we doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good, man. Tired, but, you know, that was expected. We got an extra hour of sleep, though. That was nice. Yeah, I literally felt immortal when I woke up this morning. I'm like, dang, maybe I should get more than five hours of sleep a night, you know, more often. Yeah, it's helpful. I should just, like, turn my clock back just every day. <laughs> just wake up. It's like, oh, I have another hour of sleep. Awesome. That way I can get up. It's like, oh, <laughs> you thought I was late for school, but no, you're just, you're just early. <laughs> uh, Kaysen, do you want to tell the viewers at home a little bit about yourself? The listeners? I don't viewers. Think they can view us. <laughs> They're viewing us through their third <laughs> eyes right now. Like, like, like a T and Shin Han. <laughs> For all the psychics at home, uh, you can clearly see. <laughs> if you're right using now. your psychic powers to watch us. If you are remote viewing this episode. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel like there's a country on earth that you could take over um, and be much more productive than watching people in their room recording That's podcasts. Fair. I would suggest Nicaragua. <laughs> fair. Uh, well, fair. Good to know. Uh, well, seriously, though, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I am a uh, junior in at MTSU. I'm studying data science. Um, but he still can't get a date. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, laugh. The, uh, that was a fake laugh. I heard I'm here to be roasted tonight. Uh, this is... <laughs> You thought that you were getting premium content, but this is actually just a roast of Kaysen. <laughs> premium content with a capital K. Uh, uh, yes. We love you, Kaysen. <laughs> love you too. Kaysen also has a K. Oh, yes. how, how do you how do you know us? Introduce that, that part of you too. So I met them, uh, we were in Australia and <laughs> we were hunting uh, the uh, Black Mamba. I don't even know if Black Mamas um, exist in Australia. <laughs> uh, sure That's why we didn't catch one. <laughs> we were hunting them. <laughs> but we were hunting them, yes. Uh, and this. we, so a kangaroo jumped out, right? And um, Spencer put on his boxing gloves and was, was fighting the kangaroo. Uh, got a few mean right jabs in. I, was, I got mad folded though. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then. Kaysen actually carried me to the hospital. <laughs> We scared the kangaroo off as uh, by standing on top of each other's shoulders as Muppet Man. And then, yeah, we carried Spencer to the hospital. Um, and Harrison had to perform uh, emergency surgery. Because uh, the doctors <laughs> were at the They were busy. They were also hunting the black mom. <laughs> 
<laughs> and that's how I'm missing my my right big toe. <laughs> Funny story there. Oh man. But yeah, Kaysen was in our small group for a few years. Yeah. yeah. Or he yeah. still is. High school. But yeah. Yes. We met him in high school. So. And yeah, it's been good times ever since. Oh yeah. And there's he there's almost... one. No, 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 no. We, we don't want to talk about that one. We don't talk about that. That's it. I, mentioned, I didn't mention anything. Uh, <laughs> uh, future Spencer also cut this just in case uh, your parents listen because they still don't know that story. Uh, no, just just bleep it so we don't know the story. <laughs> um, I also got almost run over by a Papa John's delivery car. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> right into Papa's arms. Oh, man. Um, in the arms of the Papa. Papa John. <laughs> I fly is, there, is there a better place to be than right in Papa John's arms? Uh, better pizza. What about better Papa Murphy's arms? arms? Papa John's. Papa Murphy's a weirdo. He sells a cold pizza and ain't even cooked. <laughs> yeah, it's the same price. Man's like, hey, you cook your own pizza. <laughs> it's not any cheaper. Yeah. Uh, it's great. But th- there's one thing I wanted to ask you about because you did introduce yourself by saying that you're tired. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I know that one reason you are tired is because this uh, Thursday you did something interesting. Uh, playing a game called Hostage at 2 a.m. after church. We don't talk about that. <laughs> uh, I, I would it's like... too late. <laughs> For any uh, cops listening, uh, it's, it's... It's a game. Not what it seems <laughs> yeah. like. It's a video game. It's not real life. <laughs> I don't know if you've talked to Harrison much about this yet. Harrison, no, I don't know if you've heard about this. I've not heard about Hostage. I've only heard like vague mumblings and stories of nearly getting arrested, but <laughs> you don't actually, have to go all the way In real it. life or in the video game? <laughs> it's not a video game. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's not a video game game okay yeah so this is uh what you do is you divide up into teams Uh one team will drop off two members of another team in some random location around town (laughs) oh gosh this game is played in the middle of the night by the way of course it is without using gps your team in the other car is trying to pick you up only using the directions you give them kind of from the surroundings that you see neither side is allowed to use gps and you just trying to find them as fast as possible <laughs> the person that finds other person the, their teammates first wins and wow it's, it's a lot of fun do you lose by like getting kidnapped <laughs> i mean theoretically yes you win you by win getting kidnapped job. the game's called hostage <laughs> but, uh, the funny story about getting arrested actually didn't uh, happen or almost getting arrested didn't happen from hostage but um that was from the bar ministry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were cleaning windows at 11 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> what? A, a friend of mine works across from the Murfreesboro Police Station, uh, and he, they just moved into a new building, and we had to, uh, he had to clean some windows, so I decided to go out and help him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was 11 p.m. for some reason. Um, and so we were out cleaning windows, but we couldn't get into the building to get the cleaning supplies. So we were trying to jimmy the door open. We Jimmy. We were trying to go. Jimmy's we, mom. Jimmy. Sorry, continue. <laughs> we we uh, decided we were going to go around to the front of the store, uh, to the front of the building. Uh, and so we said, all right, we'll get my car. Um, so I opened up my car door and the car alarm went off and would not turn off. Oh, no. And so for the next like 10 minutes, we're trying to get my car alarm to turn off across from the police station. <laughs> and you can see like it looks like a cop car kind of pulled out of the station and sat and looked at us for a while. I was like, what are they doing? Thankfully we did finally get my car alarm off and we got to the front of the building and inside and we did not get arrested, but it's just weird that the closest call I've ever been to being arrested was setting off your own car alarm. (laughs) Exactly. Stealing my own car and (laughs) uh, cleaning windows. 
yeah. a, a new office. So, yeah. My dad uh, has gotten the cops called him on him multiple times by going on his own property. <laughs> like, he's, <laughs> like he's developing something. Trespassing. Or, you know, like a house that he just recently bought or like getting ready to flip it. His and, dad's uh, a real estate, yeah. in real estate, by the way. There's a yeah. class white and, man uh, this really low-end <laughs> house. What's he doing? <laughs> call the no, like, they, like, they, like the cops have shown up and thought he was trespassing and tried to arrest him. And it happened once while we were in the car. Oh, no. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, he's no, like I literally no, own this. this is mine. <laughs> I own this. Where are you taking those kids? <laughs> oh, they're also mine. <laughs> How I much also did you own pay them. them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's always fun. I'm not Batman. I'm Robin. Robin <laughs> you. Robin you. Uh, yeah. Uh, any other fun, quippy banter we want to do before we get started? Well, now that you said that, you kind of just kind of brought the whole quip <laughs> thing. That's down, what we, that's what we do every single time. There's every, like you can ask Harrison. He's, he's listened to a few of these. <laughs> just a few. Yeah. We generally like, there's a pause and then like, well, well, does anybody else have anything funny to say? And then we just say, and this if there's correction, yeah. I listened to all of them until eventually Spencer was like, Hey, is there something I can do to help? And I was like, if you want to listen to all of these and tell me what to cut, that would be great. And so now Spencer vets all of these. I was going to say something, but now I can't remember. Well, we got a good show for you today. Yes, uh, we got a, we're trying good. something a little, a little bit different. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, so crack open your Bibles. We're actually going to do something because, you know, we, we like to have fun on this show. You know, we like to goof around, make each other laugh, talk about like Bigfoot or <laughs> s- stupid stuff like that. But, you know, I, I've been feeling compelled recently to talk a little bit more about substantive matters, you know, stuff that actually has eternal value. Like Bigfoot. <laughs> like Bigfoot. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're not, we're not going to stop having fun. Hopefully we get to have fun in this discussion too, but absolutely we will, you know, I just wanted to try something a little bit different and talk a little bit more about Jesus. Yes. But you know, I guess this time we're not talking directly about Jesus. We're talking, we're going to go through the book of Jonah today. Yeah. It's a short one. It is so, a short one. Uh, most famously <laughs> depicted in the cinematic masterpiece, Jonah colon a veggie tales movie. Yes. It's uh, the best. Jonah was a prophet, ooh, ooh, but he really never got it. Is that true? <laughs> any any uh, Jonah enjoyers out there? Yes. I will never forget the scene where Jonah, as the uh, asparagus, I believe is what he is, yeah. Uh, yeah. is sitting underneath the palm tree, and the worm shows up, and forever in my mind, VeggieTales and the... Was it Hermie and Wormy? Uh-huh. Uh, those two worms are. Oh, that was cursed. <laughs> oh. I freaking. Oh, I remember freaking Hermie and Wormy, bro. They <laughs> all seem to be like stuck together, uh, and so I always think of of one of those worms. Oh, I can't remember crazy. what the like the weird tan one was. It Hermie or was it Wormy? Uh, but the- <laughs> I'm gonna Google image Hermie. If you're at home, Google Hermie <laughs> Christian cartoon. <laughs> Oh, if you didn't grow up as a Christian child in the early like '90s or 2000s, you don't remember what it was like to have your parents be like, "Oh, you can't watch this. Here's the weird Christian bootleg version." <laughs> right. There was this really, really weird Hermie and Wormy Christmas special that I watched, um, and there was a it was a really long portion. Of Bro, why Hermie built like that? <laughs> why Hermie built like this? <laughs> I remember those. Oh my! What's gosh. with the tan one? I forgot about them. Yeah, that is wow. uh, Hermie, H-E-R-M-I-E. It is very terrifying. Yes. I would not recommend looking it up, but 
do it. There is a cursed Christmas special. Here's and another. Here's some mascot costumes. That's terrifying. I think those came to church at one point. <laughs> like not even not even joking. This I think is literally me. I am ninety percent sure that when I was a kid, those two mascots showed up at church one day. And you have PTSD now and yes. out of your mind. <laughs> wow. Okay. Anyways, but yeah. before we get to uh, the book of Jonah, we have a quick ad break. We have uh, an affiliate link in the description. Uh, GodTheFatherApparel.com has some amazing Christian-based apparel. I personally am a big fan of a lot of their designs. I am looking forward to buying a hoodie. I've been saving up for one, and I'm super stoked. They got some cool hoodies, and it is that time of year. So it is excited. that time of year. Okay, th- that's actually a good segue here, because, Kaysen, I know that you are poor, like all of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're all in college. who live off of welfare food stamps. <laughs> we are, we're poor. But you are a person who likes clothes. I assume. Uh, no, actually, now that you mention it, I do enjoy streaking. <laughs> so maybe. I, yes, but you, yes, I do like. You clothes. are a Christian man who enjoys clothing items. <laughs> yes. And yes, you also have people. You also have people that you want to buy gifts for. Uh, well, so I also if, want them to wear clothes. Yes. Yeah. So if you're out there, if you're a studious Christmas shopper right now, I already have almost all of my Christmas shopping done. Nice. Get wrecked. Uh, I haven't started. Get wrecked. <laughs> but if you if you're out there looking for a good Christmas gift for your Christian fa- your Christian friends or family or loved ones or uh, racist uncle, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Everybody's go to, got one. <laughs> go, go to GodTheFatherApparel.com and use our our. Uh, Discount code SWT15 at checkout for 15% off your order. That's a big deal, especially because the economy right now, <laughs> I don't have to talk about it. Everything's getting expensive. That 15% could save your life. That's five more than 10%. Okay. <laughs> I know. It saves that tax fi- plus 5%. That That's 15% great. could be a, a, a big thing. That's That could be a whole tank of gas. Probably not. Uh, but it could be. You could buy a whole other gift with that 15% depending on where you buy it, son. So do it. Get yourself, get yourself a dope hoodie or t-shirt or they got uh, hats. They got hats. They got, they got tie dye stuff. Just go, go on the website, bro. God, the father apparel, God, the father SWT, SWT, Sierra whiskey, tango 15 at checkout for all of your Christmas shopping needs. Well, maybe not all of them because you probably can't get a, a Christian shirt for everyone that you know, but what? But you could. Go ahead. Give it a shot. Get one or two or seven. Get one for your atheist friend. <laughs> yes. I don't care what you do with it. I just want the money. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Somebody please. <laughs> Seriously, though, they are great shirts. They are cool. Now back to the show. Well, that was a good ad, <laughs> uh, but we're back in the real show now, so we will advertise to you for at least a few more minutes. Agreed? Yeah, we'll give it some time. I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, now, that now that we're all in agreement. Uh, right in the middle of the plot twist of this <laughs> Bible study. Tune in next time. Uh, uh, but yeah, the book of Jonah. We're doing it today. Yeah, we are. Uh, it's a short read. It is a short read. And that really stuck out to me more this time, just trying to go through it. Mm. It's like, dang, this. I think it's 
50 verses or something like that. Yeah. Most of these chapters are like less than 10, <laughs> less than 10 verses. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's a goldfish like me. <laughs> you can read one chapter a time for four chapters, which exactly. is a lot less than 54 verses. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a weird book, you know, just a lot of people don't really know what to do with it. And, you know, it doesn't really go beyond what we hear on Sunday, like in Sunday school with like the, I don't know, maybe the VeggieTales clips or like the little weird picture books of Jonah getting swallowed by the whale. Uh, not actually a whale, probably. We can, we can talk about that. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to get right into this. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I'll go ahead and start us off with some historical context. Yeah. Because I did, I did some research. Sweet. Uh... Who do you guys think wrote this book? God. Uh, yes, but also... <laughs> Was it Jonah? Uh, some people Was do... Was it the whale? S- <laughs> the whale. This is actually written from I the whale's perspective. Oh man, that would be funny. It's like yeah. nobody else mentions the whale, but the whale was like, the whale's like, like y'all, are, y'all are leaving my part out. I was pivotal to this story. <laughs> yeah, so we actually don't know who wrote it. Yeah. Uh, some people say that Jonah did write it. Uh, if he did, props to him for being honest about how much he messed up. Yeah. Bro, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to be that honest. Uh, but. The another uh, speculative source is that there's like this circle of prophets post uh, Babylonian exile that compiled First and Second Kings and some of those other uh, historical books. Oh yeah, because they were passed on orally uh-huh. for the most part. That's so right. so one one thing that some people speculate is that that whole that circle of prophets also gathered together some of the writings uh, or stories about Jonah and compiled this book but we don't know for sure that's cool the only thing we do know for sure is God inspired it as with all scripture yeah uh, we also don't really 100% know the date and as with all you know biblical dates and old history dates we don't really know anything exactly and it could easily just be something completely different uh, but it's estimated to be the, like written during the third quarter of the 8th century after the ministries of Amos and Hosea, so two other kind mm. of obscure Old, Te- Old Testament prophets, but before Assyria destroyed the capital city of Israel, Samaria, in 722 BC. So kind of like... I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. So <clears throat> wow. set right around like mid-700s BC, I yeah. guess. And uh, Jonah's ministry took place from around 800 to 750 BC. And during this time, uh, King Jeroboam II was in charge of Israel. Are y'all familiar with Jeroboam? Vaguely. He wasn't the best dude from what I remember, was he? Uh, yeah, he kind of sucked. He was <laughs> not a good guy. So, King, so uh, like around this time, Israel had been like absolutely shellacked. You can go back and read First and Second Kings and see just to how put upon they were. They'd been like shrunk way down. Like their borders were way smaller than uh, what they were. Cause Israel was a super big country. But if, if you're not a big Bible scholar, maybe you haven't read uh, first and second Kings before Israel had been split between Israel and Judah mm-hmm. and uh, Judah was doing okay. They had their own problems, but Israel was far worse, very much, you know, into the idolatry stuff and every single king they had was wicked. They didn't have a single good king, which uh, sometimes it feels like we bat that with presidents, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Ooh, that was a hot take. <laughs> Spicy hot take. Um, yeah, so they, 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 so God was punishing them, and uh, they were shrunk way down. 
and uh, they pray. God has mercy on them and restores their borders by ending this super long war they were having with Damascus. And all the while, this, the Assyrians were looming ominously in the background. Uh, the Assyrian did, did any all y'all, Do any, either of y'all know anything about the Assyrians? They were one, is it, one of the... Well, you had the Babylonians, you had the Assyrians, kind of one of the... And then the, the Romans, I think. The, one of the huge yeah, they were, military so the, powers. Yeah, the Assyrians were one of the huge like world powers around that time. Just conquered everyone. Yeah, everyone like knew about them and was afraid of them. <laughs> Everyone was afraid of us at one time. Yeah. Except they weren't after oil. But so Jonah actually appears in second Kings 14, 25 and prophesied about, uh, Jeroboam beating Damascus and regaining the borders. Yeah. So things are looking rosy for a minute, but Jeroboam immediately gets like loses all humility and, uh, goes right back into further sin. Uh, so this is where Amos and Hosea, uh, who were Jonah's contemporaries, so they mm-hmm. were prophesying around the same time that he was, uh, they come in and warn that judgment is coming and that Israel would be taken away by the Assyrians. Oh, that's a big oh, problem. No. And, uh, so that point in time when Assyria was the promised, uh, the prophesied destroyer of Israel and their main enemy enemy is when Jonah was told to minister to them. So that's something I didn't really huh. think about before is <clears throat> like, at the same time, these people are prophesying, Assyria is going to destroy Israel. Uh, God calls Jonah to minister to them. But I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here. So Nineveh uh, that was... That totally changes things. Yeah. I didn't a realize major that. major city for the Assyrians, Nineveh was? Yeah. Okay, so this iteration of the Assyrian Empire, because there was a few, uh, began in 911 BC. Ooh, that's and uh, lasted until around 609. Okay. Uh, and they're well known as one of the most brutal and cruel empires in human history. Yeah, because uh, they got the fish and they slap each other with it. Yeah, they slap each other with fishes. <laughs> They're that's fish a, slappers. That's a VeggieTales reference, if you don't know. For any real fans out there. <laughs> you ain't a real fan of Jonah until you've uh, you seen the VeggieTales. Until you listen to the Newsboys song. That's a good song. The in, have you heard that song, In the Belly of the Whale oh, yeah. by These Boys? I, I forgot about that one. Classic song. It's look great. that up as well. While you're looking up Hermie and Wormy. Balance out your life. With this a is bit going to screw up your search history and your <laughs> analytics. <laughs> you're welcome. You are welcome. Yeah. Where was I reading? Okay. So they committed genocides, you know, ethnic cleansings. They massacred civilians. Uh, they were really bad people. And the entire Middle Eastern wor- world was terrified of these guys. Rightfully and, so. Yeah. And they seemed unbeatable. And if you read the book of Nahum, you see a different perspective from like about a hundred years after Jonah. And uh, I'll get into that a little bit. But Nineveh and the whole Assyrian empire crumbled at around 612, 609 BC, somewhere in that range. And uh, just this is something I'd like to pose to you guys, and we can discuss this a little bit later. Uh, how do you think this book should be interpreted? Because there's a pretty big debate about whether it's like a historical book or whether it's even like a satirical book. Mm-hmm. Uh, but where where do you guys fall on that line? Hmm. I think it's. I mean, regardless <laughs> of where it falls, kind of on that scale, I think it's a really cool look at the idea of our free will versus God's sovereignty. And mm. you can see throughout the entire book, um, how Jonah, whether this, this story is, is straight fact for fact, um, or not, but how Jonah makes decisions and God guides those decisions and how both Jonah's free will and God's sovereignty has a play in the book. And so I think there's a lot to learn from it. Um, 
I mean, it's all very fantastical, but but so is the rest of the Bible, and so it's it's hard to say one way or the other. Yeah, uh, Harrison, what do you think? Yeah, um, I kind of stand in a similar position as Case, and it, it doesn't really matter to me whether this is uh, kind of a a fable of sorts or if it is like actual historical, uh, historically backed you know, story kind of like Job, like it, it doesn't really matter to me one way or the other for this specifically. Um, I think that the, the best way to look at it is to learn things from it. Um, and I think we see a lot about really just the, the human condition and how, uh, human hearts respond in situations and how other God really is, how separate and holy he is compared to us. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll take a hard stance since neither of you did. I'm, I am fairly confident this is a historical, uh, historical book. It seems pretty historical from the little bit that I've read and whatnot mm-hmm. outside of well, the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Bible is very clear when some, like, uh, of course there's debate, but if something's like completely poetical or like a parable, like generally there's something yeah, it's usually pretty clear. Yeah. Usually. And this is about a real dude who we knew about who prophesied at other points in the Old Testament. And it'd be weird just like if some random fan fiction about this guy got in yeah. the Bible. And uh, additionally, Jesus in the New Testament cites it multiple times as fact. This is true. So if Jesus thought it was real, I'll probably come out on the side that it was real too. Yeah. Sorry if that's... I would say it probably is. Taking the coward's way out, but... Yeah. That seems like... The- Rather than like one of Jonah's enemies, like Jonah's a poopy head and he got eaten by a fish. <laughs> Get wrecked, Jonah. A hundred years or several thousand years later, it's in the Bible. What? Yeah. One Dang of his it. one of his bros wrote it as a joke and is like, "Hey, bro, my uh, my roast of you is actually uh, holy scripture." Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so it you know there, there's debate to be had, but I personally believe it's a historical book. Yeah, I'd say it's probably true. And if the dates don't match up exactly with what we know from history books you know who even knows yeah so it's you know it's it's not like that debunks the bible like god's not real Nineveh Nineveh (laughs) fell in 612 bc and this takes place in 614 Uh, like nobody cares it's not exact uh yeah so let's get right into this and since it is so short we'll probably just read along so if you want to either open up your bible at home or Whatever, or just listen to our sultry tones. Yes, yes. Uh, we will be... Which translation do you guys have open? I have the New American Standard Bible. I have the whole... 1995, <laughs> specifically, because I don't like here. the 2020. It sucks. I have the NLT open, but I can open whatever you guys want. Whatever's fine. I can open up a different one. It's just what I... It's my go-to. I can't open anything else because I don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's fine it's okay uh well Kason uh since you're you've got a nice radio voice do you want to read I also have a great face for radio but you know (laughs) (laughs) nice uh do you want to read the first 10 verses yeah sure the word of the lord came to Jonah son of someone's name I can't Amatai Amatai thank you get up Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because their wickedness has confronted me. However, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. 
He paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Then the Lord hurled a violent wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose on the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. The captain approached him and said, What are you doing? Sound asleep. Get up. Call to your God. Maybe this God will answer us and won't perish. And we won't perish. Come on, the sailors said to each other. Let's cast lots. Then we'll know who's to blame for this trouble we're in. So they cast lots, and the lots singled out Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us who is to blame for this trouble we're in. What is your business and where are you from? What is your country and what people are you from? He answered them, I am a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were even more afraid and said to him, What is this you've done? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. Uh, Harrison, do you want to read until the end of this chapter? Yeah. Uh, starting at verse 11? Yeah. Cool. So they said to him, uh, What should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. He said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me, this storm has come upon you. However, the men rowed desperately to return to land, but they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us. For you, O Lord, have done as you have pleased. So they picked Jonah up and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the stomach of the fish for three days and three nights. In the belly of the whale. In the belly of the whale. Good song. Look it up. It's a great, uh, it's a great <laughs> song. Not a good song. <laughs> I like how casually they just gloss through the whole thing because there's so much drama. You yeah. Fit a whole movie under this first part, first no chapter. Kidding. And they're like, and then there's a big storm and Jonah was casted lots on and he got thrown into the sea and God said, yeah, here's a fish for you. The end. Yeah. So just, you know, base level impressions. Uh, again, like we talked about before, like this is the time when... This is Israel's greatest enemy, the the country that is prophesied to destroy them. And God's like, hey, Jonah, <laughs> go there. <laughs> and it's not only that, they're the most wicked, the cruelest, the most violent empire in the world. Yeah. So, of course, he's scared. Like, I get that. Yeah. But for reference for us, it's almost like back in World War II, God being like, hey, go to Nazi Germany. Hey, yeah, you Jewish guy. I'm going yeah. to save them if they turn to me. Be like, wait, well, what? Yeah. What? And we're Jewish. Yeah, yeah. To make it even scarier. Exactly. Yeah. It's just... Uh, so, just open question. So, why do you think Jonah ran? At least at this stage. Because I think his reasoning kind of shifts later on. Yeah. It's actually what I was thinking, too. He's like, what, what, what made him decide to go? Uh, I, I mean, me, if I were in this position, I'd, I'd be scared because this is like the, you know, the big bad empire that like 
is totally against me and everything I stand for. Like why in the world would I want to go there and be like, Hey, um, my God said that if you stop being the way that you are and do the things he says to do, then he'll, he'll make things better like that. <laughs> it'd just be so uncomfortable and so frightening. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to do it either. Yeah. Uh, like I said, I think later in the book he gives a, a reason, but yeah. But at this point, at at this point, you know, it could be fear, but I think it also could just be his own personal bitterness. Mm. It's like, you know, I like, especially at this time, uh, Jewish Gentile relations were not super great. Yeah. So if you're, if you're if, again, if you're not a big Bible nerd, uh, or if you're just kind of unfamiliar, maybe new to it. Uh, so Jewish people, one group, uh, everyone who's not Jewish are called Gentiles. And part of the rules of everything are the Jews are not supposed to really be around Gentiles too much. Mm-hmm. So going to minister to Gentiles again, like this, this is a big it's unheard of in this time. Yeah. Well, it's not completely unheard of, but it's very unusual. Yeah. So it's just, maybe that's the reason as well. Mm-hmm. But Kason, do you have any thoughts? Well, I think because it's kind of weird, I think for us in this day and age to, to think of running from God in a physical sense that I'm just going to go take off, off my car and drive to, to, to shovel. <laughs> God uh, can't <laughs> catch me if I drive to Fayetteville. <laughs> but I think part of it is perhaps the idea, Spencer, what you were talking about with uh, the relations between Jews and Gentiles, that maybe Jonah thought that uh, him leaving kind of the Israelite state and going to a more predominantly uh, Gentile area that God wouldn't be there because he thought of more of God oh, as dwelling. I've never location. thought about that. Yeah. And so I think that's probably why he chose to run. And so, because we, we see God as having no physical bounds. And I think the book of Jonah is a huge kind of mm. a reason why. Yeah. And, and we see Jonah, I think learning that lesson that it's not about being in Israel. God's showing him through Nineveh, through, through Tarshish, mm. through the, the whale that, that he is in control of all things and not just in Israel. Wow. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Cause it even says that he told the, the people on the boat with him that he was running from God's presence. Just chill about it. Yeah. Too. And it's like, yeah, I'm running. I never from thought God. about that before. Yeah. That's a really interesting point. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about huh. the running a little bit. So he's going to Tarshish instead of Nineveh. Do either of y'all know the reason for that? Total opposite direction. Yeah. Other yeah, side yeah. of the map. This is like, Hey, go to the South pole. And you're like, I'm going to go to the North pole. <laughs> yeah. So Nineveh was East of Israel. Uh, Tarshish was about as far West as he could get at that time. Nice. So he's like, how about just the exact opposite like, direction? But if I go to Vegas instead of New York, <laughs> yeah, I will have escaped sin. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a second. So yeah, so running, trying to run the exact opposite direction, but mm. as mm-hmm. we found out, that didn't exactly work super well. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the sailors in this. I thought that was super interesting. Yeah. The fact that all of them were just like, I just start praying to each of your gods and see who answers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden for, for some reason they zero in on Jonah and they're like, Hey, your God, he's, he's, he's the one he's going to make this fix. He's going to fix it. And Jonah's like, I mean, yeah, yeah, he will. 
throw me throw me into the sea like why was that his go-to that's the one thing i don't understand like they're over here like hey everybody pray to your gods and hopefully somebody will answer and then they're like oh jonah definitely it's definitely this guy he he's got this covered and instead of being like god please make the sea stop he's like throw me into the ocean yeah (laughs) like kill me (laughs) what well it's uh and i I, I'm going to try a couple of times throughout this book to uh, connect it to Jesus because in a, a couple of times in Matthew, I've got the verses written down later on. Uh, he does directly compare himself to Jonah. Like he mm. says, I'm going to give you the sign of Jonah and you know makes a lot of references to this story specifically. But I think it's kind of like it's it's a sacrifice. You know, he, he's mm. laying himself down in a sense for, except it's just for his sin. Yeah. <laughs> like he's, he's like, guys, this is my fault. Uh, God will leave y'all alone if I give myself up. So it's still a sacrificial move. That's fair. And, you know, maybe Jonah, like we can't really read into it that much, but, you know, did Jonah know he was going to get rescued at that point or did he just assume that this was going to be it? Yeah. We don't know. But he is making that sacrificial point. Hmm. And uh, something super interesting about the sailors is this is the first time in the book, but it happens a couple more times where Everyone except for Jonah, you know, this man of God, this prophet is the one like they're, they're all willing to repent. So mm. these unlikely characters, <laughs> like these yeah. random sailors who are out there praying to all these different gods, you know, the whole city of Nineveh, no matter who it is, they're all repenting while Jonah is the one who kind of stays in his lane and doesn't want to, you know, he's still bitter and holding on to that anger. So it's, yeah. so, you know, uh, let me find the quote. Even- I was looking on some different like poor, like, uh, like uh, boards and messenger forums and trying to figure out some uh, different interpretations of the book. And this is from Puritan boards. It says the book of Jonah tells the story of an unrepentant prophet and repentant sinners. That that summed it up well, pretty nicely. Kind of looking at that too. I think throughout the book of Jonah, you have Jonah who's supposed to be a prophet of, of God who doesn't understand God's mercy. Uh, and so I think what you see or his presence, like you pointed yeah. out, but I yeah. think you see kind of him in Nineveh. And he's like, he doesn't want God to have mercy. He doesn't understand God having mercy and he wants God's justice, but he doesn't think that God would be merciful to him. Hmm. And so I think that God, he couldn't fathom God doing anything but killing him when hmm. he ran from him. And so he thought, well, if you kill me, then God won't have a reason to kill all the rest of you. Mm. So I think it's kind of the entire book of Jonah is Jonah coming to terms with God's mercy, God's grace, regardless of the person and regardless of what they've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the sailors at the end of this, they end up converted. Like they're like, okay, God is real. Just, uh, (laughs) this God is real. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, says they were awestruck by the Lord's great power, offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. And they also understand God's will at one point because they said, Oh Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. Yeah. So these rando sailors from, you know, this, this port city, we don't know if they're Jewish. We don't know if they're Gentiles. They could be anything. Uh, but they're, you know, they don't worship God. Mm-hmm. Uh, they understand God better than the guy whose job it is to understand God, <laughs> which yeah. is just, it's fascinating, but you it know, that, that's what happens a few times throughout the book. Yeah. Jonah just got demoted. He's like, God's like, this guy, this guy doesn't understand me anymore. He doesn't, he's not even trying. I'm just going to send him to Nineveh. <laughs> uh, I do think it's interesting too, that God used, uh, Jonah's resistance to minister to these guys. Yeah. Because, you know, that's not an encouragement to go out there and 
disobey the God, or disobey God's commands because he's going to use it anyway. But like, even if we do mess up and even if we do make a mistake, God can use that for mm. good. Yeah. You know, whether that's our Amen. good or whether that's for somebody else's good, you know, those guys wouldn't have gotten to see God's power like there as mm. palpably as they did if Jonah hadn't been a, a dummy. Yeah, that's fair. Made the wrong move. And you don't know how many people they, they told about when they came home mm. from, from sailing and stuff. The, the yeah. Impact that Some people had. come home with like fishing stories. They're like, nah, we literally saw God and threw a dude in the ocean. What'd you do this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> it was this crazy storm. We almost died. Threw a dude in this ocean. Fed him to a fish. Man, fish came up, swallowed him, and it was calm. It was bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on Jonah 1? Uh, I think I'm good right now. All right. Same here. Well, okay, so I forgot to mention this up top, but uh, this book functions in, it has two movements. So you have Jonah's rebellion in chapters one and two, and Jonah reluctantly fulfilling his mission in chapters three and four, and the climax in the middle of all of that is Jonah two, uh, which I'll go ahead and read now. It's pretty short. I'll just read the whole thing. Uh, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down into the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth, whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies, but I will offer sacrifices to you with songs of praise, and I will fulfill all my vows, for my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Then the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. It's a huge shift, I think, from the mentality Jonah had in chapter one. And you don't really get that kind of that interim between those those two. You just get one extreme Jonah to the God, other. And then, yeah, Jonah's like, oh, oh, I understand now. <laughs> well, what better time to quickly come to a realization while you're in the stomach of a fish? And yeah. the bottom of the ocean, apparently, too. Yeah, for, for <laughs> three days and three nights, he had plenty of time. Yeah. And you know, overall, this book, uh, it does kind of read a lot shorter than a lot of biblical narratives. Oh, yeah. you know, we're kind of used it's to... definitely a summary. here to here to here to here. It kind of reads more like the SparkNotes version. Yeah. But, you know, that's, you know, it's, uh, it's just how they chose to write it. I think that leaves us with some interesting stuff to take away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Jonah in between the chapters was just like doing weird stuff, like trying to talk whale. <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we'll just leave that out, I think. <laughs> we'll cut this for time. <laughs> yeah. Who needs to hear this anyways? You might want to hold your mic a little bit closer to your mouth, by the way. Is this close enough? Yes. Kaysen's a bit of a recording scrub, uh, so we got to give him some tips as we go along. Harrison, that's enough. Stop moving <laughs> to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> He's speaking whale. <laughs> Sounds like he has constipation. <laughs> yeah, that too. Uh, but yeah, this this prayer is really interesting. Yeah. Uh, so like deep within the darkness of this fish or whale or whatever it was, uh, Jonah saw good or God's goodness and faithfulness, and that goodness and faithfulness is so real and so ever present and shines shines so bright that Jonah could see it and palpably feel it in the stomach of a fish deep yeah. underwater, and that's powerful to mm-hmm. me. Like it's like. 
I was like, even in that horrific place, probably really cramped and nasty and slimy. So like God was still there and palpably there. Hmm. Yeah. And the thing that gets me is it's right after the Jonah, right after his perspective changes, then God's like, okay, now it's time for the next thing. It was like, it's all, all it took was that shift in perspective, but it took that shift in perspective, Yeah, you know? <laughs> and God uses this, this, uh, this fish or whale. We don't know what it is. I've, I've yeah. kind of alluded to that. Some Pe- kind of fish. People say whale, but just as fish. Yeah. So we'll take that for what, it, for what we will. Do we hear conspiracy theory? <laughs> yes. So Always. Instead of Jonah getting swallowed by a big fish. God shrunk Jonah down and got swallowed <laughs> by a normal sized fish. And then when he was getting spit out, he left a coin behind, which is the same fish that Peter fished out later to have the coin to pay for their taxes, Jesus and Peter's taxes. Oh my gosh. And so it all So Jonah is Ant Man. Exactly. Exactly. That's one way to do it. This coin gets passed around for thousands of years and then winds up with Jesus' disciples. It's all part of the plan. Or I guess hundreds of years, but still, that's funny. Yeah. Do we know exactly, so how big uh, was this, this sea that he was in? Like, w- would we see big fishes? Like, would we kind of see big fish? I didn't actually look up much about the fish. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That You can do that on your own time. <laughs> Homework for the week. <laughs> Give us a report on the wildlife of fish ecosystems during 700 BC. And email it. In, in a APA format. What's the email? Uh, the podcastmen at gmail.com. Yeah. Someone send something. <laughs> yeah. Send anything. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he used this, uh, this fish as both something to humble him and make him realize what he'd done wrong. And as a transportation mechanism to carry yeah. him to Nineveh. I mean, friggin' took him to Nineveh. It's it's so funny to me. It's Free like, of charge. It's like this. He gets swallowed by this fish. He has this major heart change, and then God's like, "All right, cool. We're ready now." Yeah. And then so the fish spits him out on sea, and it just happens to be right down the road from Nineveh. <laughs> Imagine what he looked like walking through town after getting vomited out by a fish. Yeah. I think here too, you can kind of see the cool uh, intermix between um, God knowing the future and us having our, our free will mm. because Jonah could have done anything. He could have not repented. He could have not had that perspective change, but he did. And God knew that he would. Mm. And so he was placed, God placed the fish right at the point to where when he repented, he was spit back out mm. near Nineveh. And so God had a plan. God would had it kind of planned out, but Jonah still had the option. Jonah still could choose whether or not he was going to repent. God just worked everything out in mm. between Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, it's a powerful prayer. It really is. It is. Yeah. It is. It's a very powerful prayer. Uh, I had something that I was going to say. Let me look up again. Okay. So, uh, Jesus later used like the metaphor or he used Jonah's time in the belly of the whale. Uh, look up the song. And this is me trying to inception plant that under your mind look up that song uh but jesus used this uh this story of jonah and the belly of the fish as a metaphor for his own death and resurrection later which i i hadn't really picked up on this before are you done <laughs> so this is in matthew twelve forty. 
It says, uh, for as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the son of man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. And in the prayer, uh, Jonah talks a little bit about being imprisoned in the heart of the earth. So yeah, just, right. yeah. So just as Jonah laid his life down to appease the wrath of God, so did Jesus. Mm. And just as Jonah was consumed by darkness deep within the earth for three days and three nights, Jesus spent three days imprisoned by death in the grave deep within the earth, but God was with him and death didn't hold him. Amen. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, before we get into Jonah three and uh, the climax of this book, do we want to do our second ad break? Don't tell the people. Want a break no. from the ads. <laughs> Wait till later. So this is actually the first time we've debuted this uh, this news on on the show. But we have a way you can support us because, unfortunately, this podcast is not free. I know, shocker. It's free to you, uh, but it's not free to us. It takes money. Uh, every month. Yeah. It every takes, month, my credit card gets charged. Yeah. It <laughs> every takes, month. Not to or anything, but every month. Every yeah. month it takes, we have ever done this podcast. Yeah. It takes time. It takes effort. Um, There's and, no know, time involved. <laughs> we, we just knock this out in five minutes. Yeah. So it doesn't take hours on the front end and the back end. But, you know, we, we, we love doing this. We have fun with it. Uh, but you know, it would be really nice if we could have some of these costs covered so we can keep bringing this to you free of charge. Spencer, is there a way to cover those costs? <laughs> Thank you for asking. I'm so glad you asked Kason. There is. <laughs> if you go <gasps> to Kofi and this is, uh, K O dash or is it dash? If it's just like a straight horizontal, line? Yeah. uh, dash slash hyphen. I don't know. Uh, fi.com slash sorry we tried uh you can support us either by making a one-time donation of any amount you want that will go straight to us or you can do a membership tier and this is no just stay with me here we have three tiers here so bronze tier is one dollar a month uh we will give you a shout out on the show just a simple little donation Heck to help yeah. cover our costs uh for silver tier this is three dollars a month uh, you'll get access to our official Discord server. I don't know how Discord works, but I figured it'd be fun to have one. We're going to have like movie commentaries and stuff. It's going to be fun. That's the wrong tier. Shut up! Oh, my bad. Sorry, Shut I'm up! Ahead of the- Shut up! I'm ahead of the program. So yeah, for, the, for this $3 a month tier, you'll have access to the Discord, and we'll shout you out on the show. And the, uh, the big boy tier is the gold tier for $5 a month, and you'll get access to the shout-out, the Discord, and we're going to be making some movie commentary tracks. We haven't filmed or recorded any of them yet. We were going to do it tonight, but Robbie didn't, or Robbie had other plans, so we weren't able to do it. But we're going to do some, and we're going to put those up for our gold tier members only. So that'll be fun. But this is, uh, I wanted to keep things cheap to where it's not, you know, I don't want you guys to pay 20 bucks a month or something stupid like that. Nobody wants to pay 20 bucks a month for this. Yeah, no one does. <laughs> but, you know, just just for a few bucks a month, yeah. you can help us out. And it would, like, really, if only a Legit co- would be yeah. life-changing. <laughs> Legit, if two or three of you guys did this, we'd two be like. Two or more gathered. Yeah. 
to spend money on this podcast. <laughs> it would Jesus be, will be here with complete us. game changer for us. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to go all out. Even if you just want to make a one-time donation, uh, we would greatly appreciate the help. And if you want to get in on that Discord action, I don't know how it works. We'll figure it out together, it's guys. Be fun. So, yeah. yeah, hop on, and I'll say that one more time. It is co- it's co-fi.com slash sorry we tried. That is Kilo Oscar dash foxtrotindigo.com forward slash sorry we tried. I thought you were about to spell out every letter in that. I'm like, are we going to have to, we're going to have to speed this up for time? <laughs> forward slash Fast Sierra forward. Oscar Romeo Romeo. Uh, what's why? Yankee. <laughs> <laughs> Whiskey. Echo. Tango. Romeo. Indigo. Uh, Echo. Delta. There we go. That. Whiskey. Yes. Whiskey. 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 Yeah, support us. Help us out. We want to keep bringing this show to you and we want to make it better. If we get some more monies, we can invest in stuff, maybe set cameras up. Yeah, we can go visuals. That would be fun. That would be audience dope. To see I don't faces. know if anybody wants to see this, but we could make them see this. <laughs> but, we, but yeah. But if, we you get, like if you throw your money at us, we can figure it out once we get it. But yeah, because for reference, it costs... Honestly, about twelve bucks a month to to host the the um, the podcast. That way, y'all can listen to it, and it takes like three bucks a month to run the website, and then we have a few hundred dollars in in gear. So, it, and that uh, doesn't count time. Yes. So yeah. So it would really, really help us out if just a few of you guys Absolutely. even signed up for this. Be dope. And we're gonna try to make some fun content for you guys in exchange. We'll do our best. Absolutely. Uh. So yeah. We promise to do our best, but as always, if you don't like it, we're sorry. We tried. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that is a great way to transition back into the show. Absolutely. Let's go. All right. So welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the ad. Uh, Now we're in Jonah 3. Uh, Harrison or Kaysen. This one is only 10 verses, so do one of you guys want to take five or do you just want to carry the whole thing? Do, oh, I, we I can, can either split five. it up or you, five you five. can read the whole that thing. Sounds good. <laughs> Go ahead. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and proclaim to it, uh, to proclaim to it, the proclamation which I am going to tell you. Good translation. Thank you. (laughs) So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three days walk. Man, that is a big city. Okay. Um, Then Jonah began to go through the city uh, one day's walk and he cried out, yet 40 days and Nineveh will be overthrown. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. When the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from the throne, laid aside his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth and satin ashes. Oh, freak, I went way farther. Five verses. Yeah, I'll just finish it. He issued a proclamation and it said, In Nineveh, by degree of the king and his nobles, do not let the man, beast, herd, or flock taste a thing. Do not let them eat or drink water. 
But both men and beast must be covered in sackcloth, and let the men call on God earnestly, that each may turn from his wicked way and from the violence which is in his hands. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked ways, God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Cool, cool. Uh, <laughs> the first note I have written down, so let's, let's talk about Jonah's message. It seems kind of short, right? Well, can we also talk about the fact that it takes three days to walk through the city and Jonah walked through one day? <laughs> it's like he doesn't even cover, he covers a third of the city maybe. And then he gives like the spark notes version of what God said. <laughs> and yeah. He doesn't even mention God in the sermon. Uh-uh, not at all. Which, and there is some debate about this. This could be like a, a summarized version of what he said. You know, yeah. maybe he could have gone into more detail. But still. But the vibe Jonah gives off, uh, he probably didn't say anything more than this. Probably not. <laughs> That's what I feel like, you know. He just says, yeah, the city's going to fall in 40 days. What I like is that implies that he waited 40 days to see if the city was destroyed or not. Uh, so this man had dedication. Yeah. Like he just really wanted this place destroyed. That's true. He was willing to wait a little, like, month and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my translation, uh, it's not even that he went one day into the city. It says, on the day he entered the city. Oh. <laughs> so I like to think he gets right through the gates and just says the message. He's like, all right, I did it. I did my part. And now I leave. <laughs> he worked in uh, Starbucks till about 10 a.m. He went to the village corner, yelled at people for another 30 minutes, got lunch, and then went home. But, you know, it's, it's fascinating here that the, these people hear that message, and God uses even this, like, half, like, half effort, you know, bare bones as crap, like, message to cause this entire nation to get down on their knees or this entire city to get down on their knees and repent. Even the animals are placed in garments of mourning, Mm -hmm. which, uh, you know, I think it's, uh, from what I read, it was like, a something to show that like everything from the greatest to the least, you know, they, they were all in agreement here. You know, it's just, you know, God again, uses this guy, not like who barely wants to put in the effort, and even through that, his power is still shown. Yeah. And the message is still shared. Even the king ends up changing. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. And also the fact that God changed his mind because of what they did, because of the way that they turned and they changed, that that was what caused him to be like, okay, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll, I'll work with you. I'll let this slide kind of, sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. It's interesting too how Jonah talks about how the city is going to be destroyed, but nothing about if you turn, yeah. you will have mercy. And you can I see that in, that in the verses um, eight and nine, how he talks about how everyone needs to uh, repent, everyone needs to uh, seek God. Who knows? God may turn and relent. He may turn his burning anger. So they didn't know that God would would have mercy. Yeah, but they were still willing to repent because it was important that they not anger God. Yeah. The fact that their response was like fasting and praying and all this stuff. Just and, because they didn't. And Jonah's just like, Hey, in 40 days, the city's going to fall 
and they're all like, oh my gosh, we need to call on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we need to, we need to repent and uh-huh. put on sackcloth and fast and pray for 40 days now. And yeah. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was nowhere in the message. Yeah. It was like hundred percent. That was like revelation from God. Like, Hey, this is, this needs to be a response, mm-hmm. you know? And it was not from Jonah. (laughs) Yeah. And like we were talking about before, this, this is shocking to the Israelites, the the Jewish people that were reading this at the time, a city of Gentiles repenting. And not only were they Gentiles, they were some of the most wicked and cruel Gentiles around, you know, and I'm sure they were thinking like, how could God have mercy on these people? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. And you know, as I was reading this, I'm like, if God can have mercy on these guys, <laughs> how can, can we sit around and say that our sin is too much for Christ's blood mm. to cover? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. for real, how can mm-hmm. we say that we've messed up too much for God to accept us? Yeah. I haven't skinned a child or committed ethnic cleansing on civilians. You probably haven't either. <laughs> probably keyword. But God's mercy covered even that. And we still say I'm too broken for God to yeah. fix me. I no, mean, like, come good. on. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, their repentance wasn't just surface level either. Like the whole city is down on their knees and they're truly repenting. They're, they're putting garments in the morning on the animals. Yeah. Like they're, they're repentance. They got sackcloth on Max. Yeah. He's probably, no, he's downstairs. <laughs> I thought he was up here for a second. Yeah. Uh, that's my dog, by the way. Yeah. We haven't mentioned him because we're never at my house when we record. This we're actually at true. my house this time. This is the first time we've done all these episodes and we've recorded at Robbie's house and at Harrison's house, but never at mine. Now we have. Yeah. So we're just one for the books. Yeah. Finally breaking that in. Uh, but yeah, so their repentance in their mourning was total and complete. And, uh, so God relented from the the destruction that he had promised. And this isn't in contradiction with the previous prophecy, uh, which is, uh, so if you look at Jeremiah 18, seven through eight, he says the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down and destroy it. If that nation against whom I have spoken turns from its evil, I will relent from the disaster that I bring mm-hmm. upon it. Or that I thought to bring upon it, yeah. And the Assyrian or judgment for the Assyrians still came, but because of the genuine repentance these people showed, God delayed it for like a hundred plus years. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so pretty cool. Pretty for a big couple event. generations. Yeah, really. One city. Yeah, because yeah, it wasn't the entire Assyrian. Uh, I assume it wasn't the entire Assyrian. Yeah, it was just Nineveh. Area. Yeah, it just says Nineveh. Be- but because of what Nineveh did, he delayed the judgment on the entire country for multiple generations. That's cool. That's that's pretty amazing. Mm. And again, this kind of hits at the theme we were talking about earlier, where it's un- so it's an unrepentant prophet mm. and repentant sinners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, so what are we at now? So the sailors repented. Yeah. Uh, the entire city of Nineveh repented, and. Uh, where does that leave Jonah? Mm. Everyone else got to experience and understand God's mercy and he still hasn't, doesn't get it. He still thinks of God as a vengeful God. I think that, that who is above all else just rather than merciful. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts about Jonah three before we wrap up with the, uh, the last chapter? I think I'm ready for four. Yeah. All right. Well, Kason, uh, do you want to read four? This is also only 10 verses. Yeah, sure. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious. He prayed to the Lord, Please, Lord, isn't this what I said while I was still in my own country? That's why I fled towards Tarshish in the first place. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to become angry, rich in faithful love, and one who relents from sending disaster. And now, Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. 
the Lord asked, Is it right for you to be angry? Jonah left the city and sat down east of it. He made himself a shelter there and sat in its shade to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God appointed a plant, and it grew to provide shade over Jonah's head to see to ease his discomfort. Jonah was greatly pleased with the plant. When dawn came the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the plant, and it withered. As the sun was rising, God appointed a scorching east wind. The sun beat down so much on Jonah's head that he almost fainted, and he wanted to die. He said, It's better for me to die than to live. Then God asked Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? Yes, he replied, It is right. I am angry enough to die. So the Lord said, You cared about the plant, which you did not labor over, and it did not grow. It appeared in a night and perished in a night. Should I not care more about a great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people, who cannot distinguish between their right and their left, as well as, any, as, many, mammal, as many animals? Dang. Uh, I've, this is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Like, I can talk about that a little bit more in a minute, but I just, I freaking love this, this last chapter, man. It goes well, I think, to explain that what Jesus t- said, that humans, that we uh, are worth more than many sparrows, mm. that we're worth more than, than kind of the, the lilies of the field and whatnot. This kind of goes into detail about kind of why, mm. which I think is a really cool compliment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, here we see like the people of Nineveh all change their minds. They're, they're repenting in the city and begging earnestly for God's forgiveness. And Jonah is still clutching to that bitterness that drove him like from his calling in the first place. And it's, it really is kind of sad. And, uh, our temptation as we read is like, look at how much of an idiot Jonah is. You know, how does he keep messing everything up? But we're, we do the same stuff. Mm-hmm. We let anger and we let bitterness and we let unforgiveness drive us from what we're supposed to do all the time. I don't know what you're talking about. I always do exactly what God says all the time. <laughs> yeah. So while it's easy to sit here and like roast Jonah for being a dingus, like we do the same stuff. <laughs> yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Nobody has anything. I thought uh, you both were about to say something. Well, I have like a whole list of things I want to say. Oh, okay. I'm just trying to give you guys an opportunity to talk. No, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so Jonah here is furious that God changed the plan. I really like the NLT translation for this uh, this passage. So it says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. Mm. And then uh, verse three, it says, kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Mm. So Jonah's like really ticked off that God changed the plan. And, you know, it's not... Well, not even that, that it's different than his plan. Yeah. So so he had... He was so locked into this vision of watching Nineveh burn up in sulfur and fire. Mm. You know, I'm sure... You know, like, like what we were talking about earlier, he... The, the Assyrians were the oppressors and the enemies of his people, and he knew that there was going to be a day where they were going to destroy it. That there was that they were going to destroy Israel. So he's angry, he's bitter, and he was mad at God because he knew that if those people changed, God was going to have mercy on them and not destroy them. Yeah. So he he's so locked in on that vision of seeing these people destroyed that when God changes the plan for a good reason, he won't accept it and he refuses to listen to it. And uh, you know, just in my own time, just uh, my own walk. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys have had similar experiences where I'm so locked in on something. Like I, mm. even it, like I might get a word from the Lord. I might think I got a word from the Lord, but I'm so locked in on one 
particular course of action that I want to see happen. Yeah. You know, after college, I was like that, where it's like, I had a very specific picture in my head of what my life was going to look like. And then I get to college or I get out of senior year of high school, get into those first few weeks of college and nothing went the way it was supposed to. Yeah. Nothing. Everything yeah. fell in a completely different direction. And I was mad. I was so mad. And I held that against God for a long time and had this weird, stilted, awkward relationship where it's like, you know, God, I'm mad at you. I'm not talking to you right now because <laughs> you didn't do things the way I thought you were going to do them. Yeah. It's like, And then I, I love that response from God. It's like, is it right for you to be angry about this? Like, <laughs> do you even have a right to be mad about this? Because it's not even that God told him that, you know, I'm going to destroy the Ninevites no matter what. Yeah. God told him, go minister. So mm. he's mad about something that God didn't even promise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not, you know, in my situation, I was going off some, some words I had, I had heard from the Lord, but uh, I just, I had locked it into where I was only going to let it happen in the way that I wanted it to happen. Yeah. And I wasn't making any room for God to move the way he wanted to move. So I was angry. I'm sitting there like Jonah shaking my fist and saying, I want to die. And it's like, no, like, God has a bigger plan. We just have to make room for him to move the way he wants to move and not be so locked in the way we want things to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually ties really well into something that uh, God taught me senior year as well. Uh, something that I've been working on applying. I've mentioned it in small groups before. Um, but just this concept of, I think James said, said it best. Um, where jealousy and selfish ambition are, there's every kind of evil. Mm -hmm. And I have realized that there have been times in my life where I have heard from God and followed suit with that and done everything I could to go after that and make it happen all the while in the process, really pursuing it because there was something in there that I wanted or because I was jealous of, something somebody else had and I wanted to gain that too and just in the process of pursuing it selfishly it became an idol and it becomes this bad thing ultimately and then it's not beneficial for me whether it be a a relationship or a professional opportunity or an idea of what I'm going to do with school or whatever the case I've, I've just realized more and more that you can so easily go from following God and walking in his will to making your own will happen and still think that you're following God, even though you're not. Yeah. And it's just so crazy that you can, well, I mean, just you, you're walking as Christians, we're walking that line all the time because I mean, God does and should be communicating with us all the time, you know, giving us direction and guidance and mm-hmm. small nudges and things throughout the day as we walk through uh, life and whatnot. And so easily we can take something that God says and then run off with it on our own. All the while he's standing off to the side going, why, why don't, why don't you get it? Like you're, you're way over here off in the distance waiting for the city to burn. And I'm over here trying to show you how awesome I am. Like I I just saved an entire nation because I changed this entire city. Like you're, you're over here wanting this to happen all the while I'm over here doing this other thing. It's like the, the, the whole book of Jonah is Jonah running from God's presence while also seeking God's presence is like, no, but this is what I thought you were going to be doing. And God's like, no, but this is what I'm doing. And Jonah's like, but I don't like that. And God's like, 
I get that, but this is what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been so many times in my life where I'm like, God, I don't, uh, I see what you're doing, but I don't, I don't like that. And he's like, I know, but this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and so then you have the option. Well, do you just stand off to the side and wait for the city to burn and be disappointed? You know, do you be left with that disappointment and hold that against God? Or do you change and adapt with what you see God doing and go, okay, well, I mean, I don't like these people. I don't like this situation, but I'm going to follow where I see you moving, you know? Mm -hmm. And one thing I, I never even picked up on until just now, Jonah's not in the city. Yeah. (laughs) This whole spiritual revival is going on. Jonah's sitting outside waiting for every single one of them to die. Yeah. Like he's just sitting, lying in a way. 40 days. Like like doing like the weird, like finger thing where he's like tapping all his fingers. together, like, "Mm, yes, yes. He's waiting for all these people to die. Well, there's this massive movement of God going on. Yeah. He's not totally missed it. He's outside his anger, his bitterness, this whole, you know, all this stuff we talked about. He's self-consumed. Yeah. He missed the fruit of what God called him to do. So he started all this with his little dinky message and he wasn't even there to see it finished. Mm. And, you know, it's like, dang, how many times do we miss on what God called for? Yeah. What what God called us to do just because we're, we're ticked off because we're mad about something dumb. Mm. I think what you can see throughout Israel's history, especially late history up to the time of Jesus. Um, it's something I can really relate to is, uh, the Israelites wanted God to do what was best for them, mm. not necessarily what was his will. Uh, um, yeah. And so you can see, I don't Jesus, relate to that at all. <laughs> never. Not ever, one ever. bit. <laughs> you can see Jesus's disciples like, oh, are you going to be like restoring Israel to, to the Israelites now? Are you going to take it away from Rome? Uh, yeah. And I think part of that you can kind of see in Jonah. Jonah doesn't want a city that's going to be an enemy to, mm. to Israel to, to prosper. And so he wants that political control. He wants that, that land control to, to belong back to, to Israel. And I think he sees that, like, how could mm-hmm. it be anything other than God's will that his people control mm. this area um, when often God's will is bigger than that? Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the big struggle is, is looking beyond, I think, what we want God to do yeah. and seeing that his plans and his purposes often are bigger than just having his people prosper, mm. than having his people have material or wealth or physical wealth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we should talk quickly about the plant. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the VeggieTales movie for making the worm that eats the plant a main character throughout the film. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was brilliant. But so the God gives this plant to him and then takes it away. Yeah. And Jonah's, angry he says i'm angry enough to die yeah. like he's so mad about this plant about the shade plant dying he's like i would rather die right now than keep living yeah and and it's so he's so angry about this plant but he doesn't care at all about the 120,000 people mm. that got, like are in this city and god saying you know i care deeply about these people yeah you know, you did nothing for this plant. Mm. I gave it to you and then took it away. You have nothing, you, like you weren't involved in this process at all. And like, he's trying to get Jonah's priorities set straight, but he's still so focused on that bitterness and on that anger that he's just, you know, and I, I think it's really interesting that the, the book doesn't end with a final word from Jonah. Yeah. It like God gives the last word. And he's like, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And there's nothing else. We don't get to see Jonah's response. Yeah. But I think the ultimate takeaway of this book is uh, 
we're not supposed to look at Jonah and like mock him and like, like, Oh yeah, look at how stupid Jonah is. And then move on with our lives. Like we're supposed to, we're supposed to realize that we are this. Yeah. This is the way we act. We act this selfish and petty and just stupid all the time. Mm-hmm. And God can still use us. We just have to be willing to let go of our anger, our bitterness, and our stubbornness. And yeah. just let him do what he needs to do. Yeah. I'm going to call out, I think, a lot of Christians, a lot of people in this. Uh, but uh, I think that like you said, Spencer, we need to put ourselves in Jonah's shoes. And I think we, um, tend to, you know, as God was talking about, this city has more than 120,000 people. Why should I mm-hmm. not care for them when they don't know right from wrong? Um, and I think we tend to, as Christians, whether it be people on the other side of the political aisle, whatever side we may be on, whether it be people of, um, a different Christian denomination, whether it be non-Christians, whoever it is, we, don't care about those people. We want them Mm. to stumble. We want them to fall when I think God wants them to see that there's a better way that there is, um, as, as the gospel is called the good news, um, that there is Mm -hmm. hope. And I think that we often get so blinded by, um, it's said in, in, in German schadenfreude, which is basically the idea, uh, laughter at someone else's Mm. downfall. We want to see people, fall. We want to see that uh, when they're not in our group. And I think putting ourselves in Jonah's shoes and seeing that in ourselves is an important step to being who God wants us to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison, do you have anything final to add? No, I think we just, uh, one thing that I've been working on a lot and I hope that, uh, others are as well especially just with the season we're in with the cultural climate and the opportunities that we have right now and whatnot just being aware and open to follow what god's doing even if it looks different than what we think it should i know a lot of people for a lot of years who have talked about revival and you know god restoring um a a kingdom culture and once again in America and it's, it's not going to happen if we have this fixated concept of it's going to be a repeat of, you know, the, the great revivals we've had before where somebody rides in on horseback and tells everybody the good news and all of a sudden everybody starts changing. Like, no, I, I have a feeling that God's wanting to do something different and I see pockets where he is doing something different but just like, unlike Jonah, we have to be ready to lay aside our preconceived thoughts and ideas in order to follow along with what God has planned, what he's wanting to do to actually make a difference mm-hmm. instead of just sitting back and not being a part of it and totally missing out on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And before we wrap up, I think it is important to mention. So as we talked about before, uh, the Assyrian, uh, Assyria does fall. Uh, so, so yeah, so Jonah got what he wanted. Yeah, Jonah. Uh, <laughs> That's what God's backhand is all about. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think I don't know if I talked about this fully before, but like the Book of Nahum is another Old Testament book of prophecy in the Bible, and it's like about a hundred years later. And soon after the repentance in this book, the Ninevites return, or like return to their own their old ways, 
and uh, some surprisingly they became crueler than they were before. Mm. So it's it's kind of sad, but as soon as we you know it's, it's easy to think all oh, the repentance must have not been genuine. It was genuine enough that Jesus recognized it. Yeah. It's genuine in Matthew twelve forty one, where he says, The people of Nineveh will rise up against this gener- this generation on judgment day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins of the preaching of Jonah. Mm-hmm. Now someone greater than Jonah is here, but you refuse to repent. Yeah. yeah. So as sad as it is that they slip back into their old ways, um, I can't tell you how many times I've said, Lord, forgive me, I repent of this and mm. end up making that mistake again. Yeah. So it just, that doesn't mean the repentance isn't genuine though. Yeah. It's just, things are complicated sometimes. And Mm -hmm. God's judgment for the things that these people did do, uh, it still did come. Yeah. So God is just, he is good, but he's also merciful. And Mm -hmm. he gave, he gave that that nation a, I'd I'd say a pretty solid chance to turn things around. Yeah. And it's probably a different generation too that that ended up falling. It was. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, just... Uh, it's a cool story of God's redemption hmm. um, in, and the the people that should have known better, a.k.a. Jonah, uh, yeah. didn't, he didn't know, he didn't understand God's mercy. And I think through that, we can get a better understanding of that, of who God is. Hmm. Yeah, I just, I find it so crazy that... Like you're saying, the one guy that should have known what was going on and should have been able to recognize God's presence and God moving, like the dude who represents God to people, like that's what a prophet does. It's Mm -hmm. it's the physical mouthpiece for God. Like, hey, God says this, this is how God sees this, this is what's going to happen because of that. You know, it's God's perspective. That's all a prophet does is just speak God's perspective. And here Jonah is totally clueless on what God's perspective is. Yeah. Totally clueless on what God's saying, what God's doing. He's got no clue. He's fumbling through this whole thing, being selfish and not even really doing what God told him to do. And yet still God brings revival to this entire city of 120,000 plus people. And if that doesn't motivate you (laughs) I know, and give you hope, right. Then I don't know what does. Yeah. Because like, that definitely gives me hope. It's like, if yeah. God can use this guy. He could probably use me. Yeah. I think I could probably be of some assistance. <laughs> I think I could probably get swallowed by a whale and kind of like be like, hey, the city's coming down. You know? It's like, I could do that. I introduce myself. <laughs> I am the world's biggest sinner, but I have <laughs> repented. And God has used me. Yeah. Uh, but that's the book of Jonah. I had a good time with this. I don't know if, about you guys. Yeah, no, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I'll have uh, to do it again. Well, probably not the book of Jonah again. Well, yeah, but something. I don't know. I could do the book of Jonah like three more times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll yeah. review the VeggieTales ad- adaptation next yeah. for its biblical accuracy. <laughs> and then compare it to the message version. <laughs> the message actually is far inferior to the VeggieTales version, shockingly. But ironically, the Hawaiian pigeon version of the Bible... <laughs> It's more accurate than the King James. <laughs> what is Jonah in the Hawaiian pigeon? I have no clue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening to this. Uh, again, I hope you guys had a good time. Uh, if you want us to do this again, let us know. Uh, send us in your thoughts about Jonah. Uh, Jonah at oh. the podcast minute gmail.com. <laughs> so if you want to send in your thoughts, your wild uh, whale conspiracy theories, I want to hear them. 
uh, yeah, go ahead and, and uh, let real us know quick, what you thought. Real quick, I received some feedback from a listener. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, uh, I posted a promo for the new episode, or the episode before this, on my story on Instagram, and somebody responded to me and said, yo, I've listened to five episodes, all great, having me consistently laughing throughout my day. So, well, that's fantastic. Shout out to Destin Vtech. He's awesome. Well, good for him. I'm glad you're enjoying the the show. Absolutely. And if you have, uh, if you want to leave a five star review on our iTunes page, uh, we will read it on the show. Yes. So go ahead and drop that feedback. It helps us in the rankings. And uh, as all, or also be sure to. Uh, use that promo code SWT15 at checkout for all of your God the Father apparel needs. Yes. And Christmas is coming up. It Get is gifts. coming. Yeah. You do need apparel. You do need apparel and you do need God. I can so why see not? you right now when you do need new clothes. <laughs> yeah. Why not just uh, kill two birds with one stone? Uh, also, be sure to support us on Ko fi. That is K O F I.com slash sorry we tried. Sign up for one of our membership tiers, son. You know, you know, you want to help us out. You don't want to help us get that bread, so do it. <laughs> and uh, you can also check us out on Instagram at SWT Podcast, uh, Facebook at Sorry We Tried. I don't update that one though. I uh, always forget about it. Uh, Twitter at Sorry We Tried, and our website is Harrison. Sorry We Tried dot com. Bingo. Our email address is thepodcastman at gmail.com please email us i want to get some emails yes please or do dm it. us either one i yeah you're right email I'll, will I'll be more either. fun yeah but i'll take either good. uh but yeah uh and i have a bible verse to close this out with because i want to make a habit of it even if we did just read the bible this whole episode sounds good uh where'd it go frick I hit the wrong button. It's my favorite verse. No, I hit the wrong button. And then Jesus said. This is uh, Isaiah 42, 3. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. He will bring, he will bring justice to all who have been wronged. Hmm. So I don't know if you're Amen. feeling like a, the weakest reed or maybe like you're at the end of your rope, but I want you to know that God will not put you out. He yeah. will. He's not. He's not going to be the one to take you out. <laughs> so don't give up hope. You can get through this. If he can redeem Nineveh, he can redeem you. <laughs> yes, sir. Unless uh, on the off chance you're worse than Nineveh, but you know <laughs> that would not. be shocking. <laughs> well, I'm Spencer Gilliland. I'm Harrison Brock. I'm Casey Seiple. Thank y'all so much for listening. Stay fresh, cheese bags. Harrison, go ahead and hit that uh, that that outro jingle, zoom, and zoom. I'll I'll eat some dinner. It's ten o'clock. I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm sorry. You need some food, bro. <laughs> You're yeah. probably right. You're skinny. <laughs> These weren't just innocent bystanders. These were enemies who felt the wrath of God's backhand. When tough love must get even tougher. God's backhand. When evil plays rough, God can play rougher. 